This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll Rabbi Yaakov Yitzchak, who was a great Rebbe, one of the greatest Rebbe's, known as the Chose, or Seer, of Leblin, was very distressed. He'd been a Rebbe for many years now and was very famous. And as a result, he wasn't able to do the mitzvah of Achnasat Ochim, of hosting guests, like a normal person would. Because anytime somebody would show up at the court, the Chatzer, of the Chose of Leblin, they would be hosted by an entourage of people. There was a Gabai. There was a soup kitchen, and the Seer Lublin, he wanted to just host somebody like a normal person. But because of his fame, he didn't have the opportunity. And so he davened to Hashem, he said, Please, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, give me the opportunity, even if just one time, to host somebody without him knowing who I am. And so one very cold winter night in a town not so far from Lublin, just a few miles away, there was a woman who was giving birth in the middle of the night, and things were getting very serious. The family was concerned. And knowing that the seer of Lublin is just a few miles away, they hired a messenger to go to the Rebbe and get a bracha for this woman to have an easy birth. The messenger was given a kvittel, a note, and some money for tzedakah to be given to the Rebbe. And he went out into the winter storm. Three miles is not such a long way to walk. But in such a bitter winter storm, it was a very difficult trip. And by the time he reached the town of Lublin, everyone was sleeping. All of the windows were shuttered. There were no lights in the houses, except for one house, the house of the seer of Lublin. And this simple messenger had never seen the seer of Lublin, didn't know what his house looked like. But he saw a candle burning in the window, and so he went and he knocked on the door. And the owner of the house, who was the seer of Lublin, he opens the door and he sees this Jew standing there. He sees his freezing and says, come in from the cold, what are you doing out there? And so he brings him into the house, and he lights a fire very quickly so that this little Yiddale can warm up. And he says to him, tell me, where are you from? And what are you doing here? So he said, I'll tell you in just a second, I'm very hungry and I need to drink something. Can I have some food and drink? And so the seer of Lublin, he goes back into his kitchen, he brings some food, and he brings him a warm cup of tea. And he says, I came from a nearby city. I'm a messenger that was hired because there's a woman giving birth there, and she's having a very difficult time with the birth. But now it's the middle of the night. I didn't expect it would take me so long to get here. And I need to find the seer of Lublin. I need to find the holy Rebbe to give the kvito and get a bracha for this woman. So she'll have an easy birth. And the messenger looked at the seer Lublin, not knowing who he was. He said, what am I going to do? How am I going to find the holy Rebbe now? And the seer Lublin said, listen, it's the middle of the night. There's nothing for you to do. So let me do you a favor. Let me make you a bed. And you can sleep here until the morning. And for sure the snow will settle down in the morning. And then the two of us will go together and find the holy Rebbe. So this messenger was really exhausted. And he looks at his host and he says, all right, fine. But first thing in the morning, don't let me oversleep. So the Rebbe, the Seer Lublin, he said, well, you know, before you go to sleep, tell me, who is this woman? What's her name? What's her mother's name? And so the messenger showed the Seer of Lublin the kvittel 
the note which he had been given by the family to give to the Seer Lublin, with a little bit of tzedaka that was given as well. And the Seer Lublin sees the woman's name and the name of her mother, and he closes his eyes for a second. And then he looks at the messenger and he said, I think you should go to bed now. And in the morning, we'll go together to see the Rebbe. So since he was so exhausted and it was so cold outside, he slept really well. And the Seer Lublin stayed up all night learning. And in the morning, he made sure that, that his family was quiet and nobody disturbed their guest. He let him sleep and sleep and sleep. When he finally woke up, he realized that he had been given a mission of life and death. And here he was sleeping late. What a horrible thing. I mean, what kind of messenger is he? And he looks at his host and he says to him, Oh my God, I can't believe you let me sleep so late. The Seer Lublin says to him, What's the hurry? Everything will be fine. We're here in the town of the Seer Lublin. Everything will be fine. Why don't you first say Birkot Shachar, the morning prayers, Davin Shachrit, then eat some breakfast, and you can give me the note, the kvito, and the tzedaka that you have for the poor, the pidyon, and I'll take it to the Seer Lublin myself. So the messenger is relieved, and he says, My friend, you don't know, you're really saving me. I feel so bad that I've waited so long to find the Seer Lublin. And he hands over the kvito and the pidyon, and then he starts saying Birkot Shachar, while the Seer Lublin answers, and he puts on his tefillin and starts to daven. In the meantime, the Seer Lublin finds one of his kids and he says, Hey, take this kvittel and go outside. Come back in 20 minutes. So his son takes the kvittel. It doesn't know where he's supposed to go. His father just said, go outside. So he goes to the Beit Midrash. He goes to learn a little bit. In the meantime, this messenger, he finishes davening and the Seer Lublin makes him some pancakes with blueberries, puts a little maple syrup on top, gives him some milk, gives him something hot to drink, a cup of coffee. And the whole time, the messenger is saying, you know, you're such a good host. I'm really grateful. You must be a chassid of the Seer Lublin. And the Seer Lublin looks at the messenger and he says, yeah, something like that. I'm like a shtickle chassid. Yeah, for sure. I'm really a chassid of my Rebbe, but for sure, Seer Lublin. And the whole time, the Seer Lublin is serving the simple messenger who's eating the food and enjoying the warm house. And then the Seer Lublin's son comes back into the house. He runs over to his father and hands him a note, the kvittel. So the messenger stops eating and he looks at the Seer Lublin. He says, no, what does it say? What did the Rebbe say? And the Seer Lublin has a big smile on his face. And he said, you have nothing to worry about. Just like I told you. The Seer Lublin says, Mazel tov. Last night, in the middle of the night, the woman gave birth to a son. And everyone is fine. The mother is fine. And the baby is fine. And with that, the messenger had some peace of mind, some, some menuchat nefesh, and he was able to finish his breakfast. Then he packed up his things, and he thanked his host, and headed on his way, without ever realizing that it was the seer of the blin who had been hosting him all along. And the seer of the blin, the holy Rebbe, he turned his eyes to heaven, and raised his hands up high, and he said, A hearty, thank you, Hashem. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to host a fellow Jew, without him knowing that I'm the Rebbe, the seer of the blin.
great news, my sweetest friends. I have a new episode of Jewish People and Ideas with Shmuel Rosner, one of the top journalists in Israel. We discussed his new book, Israeli Judaism. Here's a preview. Shmuel Rosner is a senior fellow at the Jewish People Policy Institute, a contributing opinion writer for the New York Times, the senior political editor for the Jewish Journal, columnist for Israel's newspaper Ma'ariv, and the chief nonfiction editor for Israel's largest publishing house, Kinneret Zamor Dvir. Shmuel was previously a columnist for the Jerusalem Post and was formerly the chief U.S. correspondent and head of the news division and the features division for Israel's daily newspaper, Haaretz. He's been published in many magazines, including Foreign Policy, Commentary of the New Republic, and many more. I traveled to Tel Aviv on a hot summer day to visit Shmuel in his house. We sat down and discussed his new book, Israeli Judaism. Whether Israeli Jews are becoming more secular or religious, new Israeli ways of expressing their Judaism, the reform movement in the state of Israel, the Rabbanut, American-Israeli Jewish relations, Zionism, and much more. I'm Barack Holman, the author of Figure It Out When You Get There, a memoir of stories about living life first and watching how everything falls into place, and a shtickle shalom, a student, his mentor, and their unconventional conversations. And this is Jewish People and Ideas a podcast of conversations with Jewish thought leaders about contemporary Jewish topics. In your book here, Israeli Judaism, which I told you I just finished reading this morning. When I first started reading the book, I was confused because the title is Israeli Judaism. At first, I thought about Reform Judaism, Conservative Judaism, Orthodox Judaism. I wondered, what's what's Israeli Judaism? And then you start off with this quote from the Talmud, where the rabbis of the Talmud said, go out and observe what the people are doing, which the rabbis wanted to use as a way of understanding how are people practicing Judaism, halachic Judaism. And then I I thought this was very controversial. You said, can the custom of not reciting a blessing be considered a new law as far as halacha is concerned? So this is the beginning of the book, and I'm reading the book, I'm saying, what do you mean Israeli Judaism? But then, as I progress through the book, and the truth is, it's on almost the last page. The last page is 193. And on page 192, explain what Israeli Judaism is. You say, it takes no effort for Israeli Jews to engage with Jewish tradition. It's always there. That being a Jew, a Hebrew-speaking Jew in the state of Israel, you can maintain a Jewish identity because the state provides it, the culture provides it, the place provides it. Is that what Israeli Judaism is? Well, you, you can substitute Israeli Judaism with effortless Judaism. And um, thinking about effortless Judaism, you know, it sounds benign, but, but when you think about Jewish history and about this very notion that being Jewish is always difficult and always used to be difficult, it was always a struggle. You know, there is this famous saying, you know, it's, it's hard to be Jewish. This notion of having to battle against enemies and against uh, the the outside world and against anti-Semitism and against a majority culture, which in most times was not a Jewish culture. So for the first time in at least 2,000 years, it's easy to be Jewish in Israel. It's not a struggle. It's not difficult. It's not something, it's not counterculture. It's the culture. 
It's what people do here. It's what we call life in Israel. And this is why I think Israeli Judaism is unique. It's unique to a time and a place. It's unique to this place, the state of Israel. And it's unique to the last 70, 80 years of our existence. It was never done in such way before anywhere in the world. And that's why I think it merits, justifies a book of its own. You know, there are many streams and many viewpoints and many, you know, sects in Judaism. But to look at the Jewish people today and understand that about half of all Jews in the world live in a place in which Judaism redefined itself in a fashion that makes it easy to observe. That's a revolutionary thing, and that's why we call the book, you know, Israeli Judaism Portrait of a Cultural Revolution. It is a revolution in Jewish history. To hear the rest of this interview, go to my website, jewishpeopleideas.com or search for my name, Barak Holman, B-A-R-A-K-H-U-L-L-M-A-N, wherever you listen to your podcasts.